Uh, welcome to A Little on the Long Side. I'm John Purchase. With me is Jim Henderson. And today we're going to be talking about the environment. Hi, Jim. Hey, John. Thanks for having me talk a little bit. Uh, if it is on the long side, that's kind of what we are, right? We keep it a little on the long side here. Environment is a is a very broad topic. It uh, to- it hits everything from our atmosphere to our water to our land, and for several years, it's been in front of everybody as a political statement, as a everyone wanting to be behind the cause of environment and and as uh, you know, we've made a commitment here at the company. We started with the solar. We recycle as much as we can, reuse uh, cardboard and, and boxes and and uh, wood. And I think we've made a pretty good statement of where we stand. But the more I've been asked to talk, and I have been a number of times since we went public with uh, caring about the environment, I've been asked to speak on solar and um various environmental uh, issues and now I'm on the board of directors for Audubon West uh, Everglades. Uh, So I was asked to be on the board because the new incoming director Ted Rodman is uh, uh, he's a sustainable advocate. He found out about our sustainable house down down on Benson Street in in Naples. Uh, I believe I gave him a tour and he asked me to be on the board and I didn't know a whole lot about it. I mean, I always think of Audubon as the road you drive on in in Germany, (laughs) which I've never had the pleasure of doing, but I'm sure I'd get a speeding ticket on on it somehow. Um, But I've been a member and and a board member now for a few months, and it's fascinating what they do. Uh, There's a group of men and women that are committed to our environment in Southwest Florida, and... uh, I did a little research on Audubon. It really is about birds. I mean, that's where it started in the turn of the century is bird watching and bird conservation. And, you know, I guess there's there's a lot of birds that are in danger of not being here in 50 or 60 years because of what's going on in our environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of these birds, I, I was reading some articles, they've been around for hundreds of thousands of years. And in the matter of 50 or 60 years, they might not exist because their nesting areas here in southwest Florida are being changed. And uh, so they take a global approach to these environmental issues. It's not just about CO2. You know how we are a big advocate about CO2, the solar. Uh, our business has saved almost a million pounds in four years of CO2, and that's measurable and admirable. They look at uh, climate change and its effects and also the population change and the the environment that, that most people come down to southwest Florida for is this pristine, like Everglades. We have this picture of endless uh, swamp grass and, you know, maybe an airboat or something, which I never really cared for those. I mean, it's the antithesis of the Everglades to see some loud, obnoxious vehicle plowing through the grass. I'd rather see a canoe or something gliding through. But nevertheless, these men and women are involved with a lot of the policymaking that goes on in Tallahassee. And and I think it's good, but 
there's a concern in in what you see on the surface a lot of times is there's a lot more underneath and their their concern is that the the water quality is changing and the water quality doesn't fit the habitat for these birds and other wildlife that find refuge here in the in the winters uh, migrating birds and whatnot uh, and that the water quality is uh, changing because we're overdeveloping and then now there's runoff issues and and we've heard about that the last few years with mm-hmm. red tide and and again I'm not a scientist but I I've been fishing in the 10,000 islands for the past 23 24 years in fact that's why we started coming down here and set up the business is the pristine wetlands that that surround southwest Florida and you know I have to say in the past 5 years I, you know I, I sold my boat my fishing boat just because it was so frustrating the the water's always cloudy there's you can't sight fish anymore and and i i personally think it it has to do with overdevelopment and um, you know crowding of of this really precious natural resource i i get to speak at these things and i spoke at a co-op for solar the other day and and uh, for the first time i wasn't asked what a kilowatt hour was and that's a that's a plus <laughs> Because if you're if you're thinking of putting solar on your house, you should know what a kilowatt hour is before you go to a, a meeting on what a co-op is. But um, at the same time, I really feel that a lot of people don't quite get the impact that just their home has. And then none of them, hardly anyone that I talk to, I think, is really thinking about the fact that we're bringing in a thousand new people a day into this state. Where do where do they live? What yeah. type? What's what's that doing to our environment? And I mean, there's no easy answer, but I think maybe just general awareness of some of the facts. Oh, certainly, all the things that we do on a daily basis—the car we choose to drive, the the home we choose to build or buy—all mm-hmm. have far-reaching implications that we don't see, and we're not aware of it because no one has talked about it yet. Not not on a on a grand scale where it's in everyone's face so we make decisions without having all the facts because we don't know right well you know i i did a fact sheet when before i spoke the other day and it was like 10 or 12 of the the points that 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 i know to be true because i spent a lot of time the last several years researching and i and i like to update it because it changes for instance i found out that clean natural gas is not clean and natural in any way shape or form in fact, uh, if you do the research, scientists estimate that the methane gas produced from burning natural gas is between 85 and 102 times more harmful to our environment than um, CO2. There's no way that it's, that it's cleaner. And, and those are facts. I mean, that's a scientific fact. And so... A lot of these companies aren't telling you the truth. They're just telling you what you want to hear, that it's clean and natural. So let's not even think about the fracking that it, you know takes literally billions of gallons of fresh water out of our already scarce fresh water systems in the United States. I mean, billions of gallons to frack this stuff. Sure, we're in energy independent now with more natural gas than any other country in the world. That's, that's great. But at what cost is it? And, and yet our advertising on TV and the radio is 
clean natural gas. You can't see it. It's not like, you know, the coal plants where they're burning coal for making electricity. I mean, that's visual. You can see it. Yeah, the natural gas itself is certainly pristine, but the method with which it is extracted is not. Right. And, and I think that's documented. The one fact that it's 100 times more harmful than CO2 is one that I think very few people know about and, uh, and that they need to know. And, and so if, if it's 60% less CO2 produced with uh, natural gas being used for electricity, but it's what that 40% represents is 100 times more powerful than CO2, it's actually way more harmful just on the gas side, forget about the fracking, uh, than CO2 because the methane is not absorbed, like trees and uh, green plants absorb CO2. So there's a happy balance that, that we all have I mean, for centuries, for millions of years. Forest fires, et cetera, emit CO2, but a lot of it gets eaten back up by the, the plants that generate it. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's kind of a cycle. There's, there's a happy balance with the CO2 and plants and stuff. But with methane, they say that it stays in the environment. Nothing, nothing uses it, like plants, for uh, it will last upwards to 22 years in our in our atmosphere before it eventually finds a, a way to get out into the outer atmosphere. I don't know the details, but these are things that I think a lot of people don't think about. Even even the the folks at AWE that they're they're busy on uh, legislation and and trying to preserve and do what they can that's right. But most of the folks there don't really understand every day that when they turn on a light, their effect on the atmosphere. Environment is important. It is worldwide. I mean, there's accords, there's there's all kinds of things. And, and we see it in the news and it becomes a, a political point more than it becomes a, a move to action point. Uh, very few people that I've talked to that care about the environment have personally invested to make major changes. Buying a Tesla doesn't count, John. I know you were going to put one in, an order in <laughs> for a Tesla, but I was going to buy two. Two. Well, you know, you're you're you would be doing just as much damage with uh, with two as as uh, you would with uh, with a conventional car because. Uh, the reality is that the electricity uh, that's required to produce the energy stored in that battery uh, is going to produce amount of, a certain amount of CO2. Uh, I believe it's 0.4 kilowatt hours per mile. So about 40 uh, miles is 10 kilowatt hours. And so a kilowatt hour we do. Uh, uh, gives off about one pound of CO2 per kilowatt hour. So when you look at gasoline, when it's burned in a car, it gives off, um, can you guess? How many pounds per gallon? Oh, goodness, I wouldn't have the foggiest idea. Because it's not something that we're taught in schools. It's fascinating because most people think, you know, a gallon of gas weighs around seven or eight, seven, eight pounds, eight sure. pounds. because it's CO2 and it, you burn it, it, it gives off twice as much. So 
as the weight itself. A carbon molecule and two oxygens, you do the math, it, it's two and a half times whatever it was that burned it. Mm-hmm. So it, it literally gives off about 16 to 17 uh, pounds per gallon. Uh, I think it's, it's closer to 17. So if you do the math, if you have a Prius hybrid that gets around uh, an average of around 52 to 53 miles per gallon between its hybrid electric, which is generated just from it moving, and it's um, and the gas that's that's used, it actually generates less CO two than that your Tesla car, or you know any mm-hmm. uh, electric car. They're all roughly the same in terms of their efficiencies. It takes X amount of kilowatt hours. So unless that kilowatt hour is coming from something renewable, um, such as a solar array on the top right. of your home, solar array on your home, you're 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 a little bit better than your average V6 or V8 car, uh, quite a bit better than a V8. But if you're looking at total uh, energy used and the carbon footprint, you're no better off with an electric car than you are with a Prius. That's just the CO2 from the electricity. The methane that's related to burning of the CO2 along with the fracking makes it incredibly harmful to our environment all around water quality land when when you're pumping billions of gallons of saturated water from this fracking back into the ground that it came out of it's finding its ways into these cracks that they've that they've developed by getting all of this fluid and and gas and everything out of the ground um and that's can't be good for our environment and our water quality, I mean, eventually it's got to get into our water system. I mean, that's billions of gallons a year, billions. We're all concerned about environment. My, my question to you or to anyone is, what, what are you personally doing? Are you working with a, a, for a company that's actively involved in making a, a difference and changing things? I mean, we all work somewhere, whether it's for a company or for a government i mean what's our what's our state what's our county and, and and city offices are they making an effort to go uh more green by doing solar obviously is the choice in in florida because it's the sunshine state but uh, that's another misguided piece of information most people think that if you're in maine that solar isn't efficient it's ineffective sure Efficiency is efficiency. They have a little bit less sunlight in the course of a year. But since most states offer net metering for homeowners and businesses that that collect solar, which means if you overcollect during the day when the sun's out in the summer, when you have longer hours in the winter up north, uh, you've got a credit. And that credit goes against what you earned during the solar days. And quite frankly, it's it's maybe about 7 or 8% difference maybe 15 at the most depending on what how far north you go so if somebody was designing a solar system for their business or their home in new england they would add 15 percent more panels uh, not a big deal relative to the same size building here in florida right yeah yeah i mean you know we've got forty-four thousand square feet and we're pretty much carbon negative or at least neutral 
right now, and we're using less than a third of the roof. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we it, if we were to cover the entire roof, we would be generating enough here to produce energy for almost 40 homes. So we're all familiar with the phrase, think globally and act locally. Uh, but I, I, I don't think a lot of people know how to do that. So let's scale it down to the individual level. And what are some of the things that that the average citizen that maybe doesn't have a, a 50,000 square foot facility to put solar on, what are some of the things that, uh, that we as individuals can do to get us societally moving in the right direction? Well, I, I think the, the number one thing is looking at that pri- uh, the major energy issue, and that is electricity and, and your car. And uh, those are the, the two killers of our environment. Yes, we, we have plastic. We have uh, things that we're trying to recycle cardboard and paper and, and plastic, and, and we're doing a great job. In fact, there's so much of it that they're having a tough time repurposing it all. Steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, most all, almost all steel in America is recycled. Hardly anyone throws away steel anymore because it's valuable to grind it up and build another car. Mm-hmm. Well, in our case with JLH housing, build a house, right? Right. So um, I think we've got that covered. I, I we, we obsess about little, little things and we say, okay, one straw times five million people times so many times a day times. And, and then now we've got tractor trailer loads of straws. And, and yes, that's important. But if you really want to take a big slice out of what you're doing, you have to look at the energy that we use in our cars and our homes. And that can be addressed with solar anywhere in the United States. Uh, I, we can talk about wind, but in most states in the United States, it's not practical dollar for dollar. It's not efficient. You need to have a certain average wind speed plus the repair and maintenance update upkeep on those is people won't really tell you what it costs to keep them running but most of the ones i've ever seen in the north aren't running they're just sitting there and that doesn't do anything solar just sits there. there's no working parts there's no moving parts it's easy even on a cloudy day you can be collecting solar mm-hmm. whereas with wind if there's no wind it could be a sunny day you get nothing so uh, it's all or nothing with with wind, uh, with solar. At least, even on a cloudy day, you're you're collecting some energy. Um, and I and I think that look into if you can't go solar, look into hybrid cars. Look into ways that the carbon footprint in the, the thing that you drive the most. When people realize that for every gallon of gas, they're producing almost 18 pounds of CO2 for every gallon in uh, there was a statistic uh, a few years ago when I was working with the county, uh, Collier County, on uh, affordable housing and, and the crisis that, that's been a crisis for 20-something years, but still no answer, I guess. It's not a crisis if, if you answer it. So anyway, uh, that's another story of, that we can talk that's about. That's another topic for another day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so... I weighed in on a few of the, the meetings, public meetings that they had. 
And it was fascinating. I went online and I found a, a study that was done in 2016, October, uh, and they estimated that there were 44,000 people that commuted over an hour into Collier County from other counties every day. 44,000 people. Well, if you're commuting an hour, and most of these people are solo commuting, there's there's no like carpools out in the way back. Uh, there might be some carpooling, but it's mostly one person, maybe two at the most, traveling into jobs anywhere from downtown Naples to Marco Island. Mm-hmm. When you take the number of cars, even if even if it was two people per car, you're looking at twenty two thousand cars driving two hours. You're if just doing the math, it's millions and millions of pounds of CO two per day going into our atmosphere, just commuting for a job. Um, it's mind boggling. And and it adds up very quickly. So the answer is one, stop the commuting, get them locally housed, mm-hmm. or uh, come up with a means of transportation where you're not producing that kind of a footprint. And uh, the technology is there. Cars, electric cars will get upwards to 230 miles on a charge. So, um, but again, that's not the answer if you're not producing it solar or, or from a renewable source. A non-renewable source is going to, again, have all these other attributes. And many, many... <laughs> Hyd- uh, uh, electric uh, plants over the past 15 years, all over the United States have made the conversion from coal to, quote, clean natural gas. So they've invested millions, if not billions, into converting the, the power plants from coal. And they're not going to let that investment go by the wayside just because somebody says methane's 102 times more harmful to the environment. They're going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars on ad campaigns about clean natural gas. In fact, you know, they'll even say that it's the best thing for our economy because we're exporting that clean natural gas in uh, tankers all over the world and we're making money off it. Which are also spewing particulates into the atmosphere. There's no way out. It's, It's there. We could talk about environment. I could talk about it for hours. But I guess um, one of the things that when I spoke the other day and and people came up to me and said, that was really good. And I said, what? What you said about the environment regarding solar, because I was speaking at a a co-op for for solar, for homes. And uh, I didn't really talk about what it was going to cost or, you know, the details of what the co-op, I, I really don't know what kind of deals they're making. All I know is that it doesn't matter where you buy your solar, it's cheaper actually to own solar on your house than it is to pay your electric bill. So I just pointed that out. And I don't think anyone had ever heard that, that we actually pay close to 12 cents a kilowatt hour. And the going rate right now for solar is, believe it or not, down around seven cents. So if you're saving five cents per kilowatt hour, an average house will use upwards to around a thousand kilowatt hours a month. It's why would you not do something that's cheaper when uh, you have the option and it's doing something for the environment? So I shared those things. Uh, just the 
bullet points, just the the the, the hard facts, and people had never heard that. They never surprised to hear it. Sure. Well, again, we're talking in generalities. We're talking, oh, the you know, climate change, uh, uh, water issues, the water quality. We talk about that, but what exactly are we talking about when we talk about? climate change how many pounds of co2 are going let's get the the facts the details because then we can make a comparison and we can say how much am i going to make of a difference when i do this and uh combined if the nine million homes in florida uh which use around we'll say around 200 dollars a month in electricity if all of those homes were to choose a renewable source, uh, the total amount of CO2 for the homes, just on a monthly basis, is well over, nine. I think it's around 90 million pounds of CO2 per month, if not more. It's huge numbers. Well, yeah. No, it's... it's uh, Again, one pound per kilowatt hour, an average home will do around 1,000 kilowatt hours. So that's 1,000 times 9 million, 1,000 times. I guess we're in the billions of pounds. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's around 9 billion pounds per month in CO2 for electricity. So, again, facts, if we know how much and how bad it is, Rather than just a general term, we got to do something. Or, but my favorite is somebody really should do something about that. Right? Who, you know, who is that someone? <laughs> you know, it's 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 a topic of conversation until you say so. And what have you done about it? I guess if someone's going to do something, it might as well be me. So that's what we we have to adopt. That you know, if if we're saying somebody should ought to do something about it. It really starts with us. Yeah, maybe that someone is you. It, yeah, it has to be. Yeah. I, think, I think that I I'd certainly chose a, a number of years ago to not point fingers. I'm not even even with what we do. I'm not pointing fingers and telling people what they're doing wrong. I'm just saying what they can do better. We do a lot better if we encourage people to do something that's right than we than if we guilt them into it. So, Indeed. So uh, when are you putting the solar on your house, John? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> thanks for putting me on the spot, Jim. And with that, <laughs> hey, thanks, John. This is this has been enjoyable, and we've all got a lot to think about. Um, thank you, Jim. This has been uh, it's a little on the long side. There's a lot more to it than what you think, and in, in anything that you look at, if you look at it close enough. Indeed. Well, thank you much, Jim. Until the next time. 